Welcome to the Gary Smith Show. For the next hour, Gary will be taking your calls and answering your emails as he discusses personal development as it relates to your business, your career, and your personal life. Gary is a successful businessman and entrepreneur and is the founder and president of Optimum Performance Technologies, LLC. Gary is a business consultant, business and personal coach, and a professional speaker and writer who has dedicated his life to helping businesses and individuals develop and implement plans to take their companies and their lives to new levels of performance and success. Gary is the author of two outstanding books, The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, and Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed. If you have a question or comment for Gary, please call in at 860-432-9735 or email him at questions at optex.com. You can also learn more about Gary by visiting his website, optex.com. And now here's Gary Smith. Good morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK Bloomfield Hartford. Glad to have you along for uh, for the ride today on this beautiful Saturday morning. Had a great ride up here from home uh, to the studio this morning. Just a beautiful sunny morning, nice and warm outside, not a lot of traffic. So it was a great ride, and we're ready to start cooking here. Uh, thanks to Zach Hutchinson, my producer, for being here in studio with me today. Uh, he always takes care of the technical details so that I don't have to worry about that stuff. Also want to throw out a big thank you today to a dear friend of mine, Charlie Prophet. Uh, Charlie is, uh, is a radio professional, been in the broadcast industry for over 20 years as a talk show host and a general manager of a number of radio stations. He's also the head of a company called Bosworth Media. Uh, and uh, Charlie has been a, a real blessing to me as I've been uh, getting my feet on the ground and, uh, and learning to run the show here. So a big shout out to him, Charlie. If you're out there listening this morning, God bless you, my brother. Uh, great to have you as a friend and to, to have your help. Uh, last week, we wrapped up our uh, our contest. We ran a contest for the month of May, uh, and we had a couple of winners, uh, Donna from down in Pennsylvania and Charles from up in Montreal, Canada. And so we're going to get uh, some product out to you uh, this coming week, uh, and we'll be running some other contests as we uh, as we go forward. The whole idea of having the contest was to get people to call in and communicate with us here on the show. Because I really am here to to help you. I want you to think about this for a minute. If you were in a situation where you weren't feeling well and you made an appointment and you went to see your doctor and when you got there, the doctor's nurse put you in the uh, examining room and a few minutes later, the doctor came in and without asking you what was wrong or how you were feeling or conducting any kind of an examination, if he simply got out his prescription pad and said, here, Here's the prescription I want you to take. Go get this filled. Uh, call me in a couple of weeks and we'll have another appointment. How would you feel about that? I mean, number one, would you go home and, and actually go to your pharmacy and bother to have the prescription filled and take it? And maybe even more importantly, would you ever go back to that doctor? I don't think you would. And that's part of what I'm trying to communicate here at the show because all of us are different. And on the program here, I, I try to offer some good, solid, general advice and guidance but it has some specific applications to you based on who you are, where you are in life, what you want to achieve. It's kind of like if you were to uh, take two different people who are going to talk to a financial advisor. If you're 22 years old and just starting out in life, that financial advisor is going to give you different advice than if you're 65 years old and heading into retirement. 
He's going to be tend to be probably uh, putting a 22-year-old into riskier, higher growth investments because he knows that that individual has 40 years to go before uh, before he or she is going to be ready to retire. So they have the time to be able to weather some of the financial storms. That same advice probably is not going to apply to a 65-year-old because if you were to go into a risky investment and lose a lot of money, you don't have the years left to be able to recoup that financial base that you've lost. So while I hope that you're finding the topics uh, and advice that we uh, that we uh, get here on the show useful, I also want you to take advantage of getting individual help by calling in or by emailing me. Um, and, and you can do that two ways. Our call-in information here is 860-432-9735. You can text us at 860-856-7193, or you can email questions at optex.com. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, if, if you have a subject that you really don't want to talk about on the air or, or that way, reach out to me after the program. Once we're go- done here on Saturdays for the rest of the week, uh, you, can, uh, you can call me at 203 467. That'll go right to my office. And uh, if you get voicemail, I'll be sure to call you back. Or you can also reach out to me via email outside of the studio here at Gary, G-A-R-Y, at optex.com. Today we're going to be talking about uh, organization and productivity. And I want to start off by trying to frame the issue by asking you some questions. Uh, first question is, do you often feel overwhelmed? Do you get to a point where it's like, man, I've just got so much stuff to do. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get everything done. And I think we all feel that way um, from time to time. One of my favorite cartoon strips from a number of years ago uh, was Calvin and Hobbes, a little boy uh, named Calvin, and he had a pet tiger, uh, a stuffed animal named Hobbes. And one of the comic strips that is my favorite shows Calvin standing there, and he's got kind of this little frustration cloud, if you will, over his head. And he says in the first frame of the cartoon, God put me on this earth to accomplish a certain number of things. And then the next frame, Calvin gives a real disgusted look, and he says, right now, I'm so far behind, I will never die. Have you ever thought about things like that? Have you ever thought that, man, I'm just never going to get there? I'm never going to be able to get on top of things. Yeah. Are, you, uh, are you constantly worried about what to do next? Do you have so many things on your plate that even trying to decide what the next action is that you need to take, is that a problem? Are you concerned that maybe what you're doing now is not what you should be doing? Do you ever go, you know, get to the end of the day and feel like you've accomplished nothing? Haven't we all been there? Have you experienced any things like the following? Um, give you a quick one. Have you ever gotten to a point where you're so frustrated that you said, you know what, I just need to sit down and make a list? And you sat down and you made a list. You haven't taken any action to do anything. You just made a list of all of the things that you needed to do. And for some reason or other, that made you feel better. Have you ever done that? Do you ever stop and think about what it was that made you feel better? See, that's the problem with a lot of people is that we will we'll do something and it will produce a positive result for us, but we never stop and take the time to think about why did we get that positive result. Well, if you made the list and it made you feel better, why did it make you feel better? You know the reason why? You finally got a lot of the junk out of your mind and got it on paper. And I think there's two benefits of that. Number one, by having it on paper where you can actually see it and read it, it gave you even even if a little bit subconsciously, it gave you a sense of control. And then secondly, 
by the fact that you've cleared out your mind. Your mind finally can take a, a deep breath of fresh air and say, wow, I don't have all that stuff to worry about because it's, because it's outside your mind. You know, that's, that's really, really important. It's a good thing to, to think about. It works, you know, the same thing uh, if, we, if we talk about maybe working on a project. Maybe you're in a, a, a work environment where you have specific projects that you have to work on. Have you ever been in a situation where you were coming to the end of a project and you had a deadline coming up maybe in a day or two, and so you were at work and you were trying, trying, trying to focus on getting that project done, and yet you had other things in your mind that were going on, things about your family. You know, gee, I have to make sure that I get to Johnny's football game this afternoon. And, oh, I can't forget to stop at the store because I promised them I'd pick up a pizza on the way home. You know, and on and on and on to a point where the things that you had rattling around in your mind were defocusing you so much that it threatened your ability to be able to complete your work related to the project. Have you ever experienced that? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today's show is, is for you. So what I want to start off talking about is, is the whole concept of productivity. Uh, and if you, have, if you happen to be at home, if you're in your car, don't worry about it. Just listen to what I'm saying and maybe go back and listen to this broadcast after, uh, after we're done. Uh, every, every Saturday, I get a copy of the broadcast. It goes up on my website. So if you're in the car and you don't have the ability to take notes, that's fine. Um, you'll be able to pick that stuff up uh, on, my, uh, on my website later on. But if you're home, go grab a piece of paper and a pencil real quick because I'm going to take you through an exercise that I think will be really, really helpful. What I want you to do now is take that blank piece of paper and I want you to draw a line down the center of the paper. And on the upper, on the upper left-hand corner, what I want you to do is I want you to write the word effective. And then I want you to go over to the right-hand side of the page and at the top of the page, I want you to write the word efficient. Then if you would, go back to the left-hand side of the page and under the word effective, write the word what? Then go back over to the right-hand side of the page, and under the word efficient, write the word how. And hang in there with me. We're almost done. Go back over to the left-hand side of the page one more time, and under the word what, I want you to write the phrase, doing the right things. And then finally, go back over to the right-hand side of the page, and under the word how, I want you to write the phrase, doing things right. Now, this is what's called the effective, efficient model. And it has a lot of significance to us as human beings because when I work as a coach, uh, working with people to help them get organized and become more productive in their lives, and I show them this model, invariably, everybody jumps to the right-hand side of the page because they want to get more stuff done. They need to be more productive. And I get that. We're all in a situation where... We have so much to do in our lives. We've got so much stuff coming at us all the time that we want to be more productive. We want to be more efficient in the way we do things. The problem with taking that initial focus, though, and, and uh, taking that initial approach is that we haven't yet put anything in place to help us decide what it is that we need to do. And that's where we really need to start our conversation um, one of the things that uh, that I have loved to do in years past, I've been trying to get away from it, uh, but, I, but I love to eat food. And so I used to like to go to these all-you-can-eat buffets. And one of the things that I would do is I'd grab the biggest plate that they had, and I would go through and pick out all the food that I wanted to eat. Now, there were two problems with that. 
One is that I always got more on my plate than I could possibly eat, and that I would think, well, gee, if I don't eat it, I'm being wasteful. So I'd sit down and I'd force myself to eat it, and they'd have to roll me out of the restaurant. The other thing is is that I would get a mix of good and bad food. But the, my point that I want to make is when it comes to looking at the efficient side of things and looking at what things we're doing and how do we decide what we're going to do next with all of the activities and all of the tasks that we have on our plate, how do you go about making decisions about what to do? Well, if I have a plate full of food, I can look at that plate and I can tell you what food on there is good for me. So, you know, the fresh fruit cocktail, um, you know, the green beans, the salad, all that stuff is good for me. But the garlic mashed potatoes and the, you know, the lobster mac and cheese, not so good. But because of the way I've been brought up and because all of us get bombarded with and educated about what foods are good for us and what aren't, it's relatively easy for me to look at that plate and be able to determine what I should be eating and what I shouldn't be eating, what's good for me, what's not. The problem that we have is that we have no frame of reference when we look at the plate that contains all of our tasks in life. We have no way to be able to look at things and be able to filter out all of the stuff that we should be doing versus the stuff that we probably shouldn't be doing. That brings us to looking at the other side of the model because one of the things that we encounter when we look at and we study people who are very, very successful is that people who are successful start on the effective side of the equation first. They are first and foremost concerned with doing the right things. They're focused on what is it that I need to accomplish. That's the thing that they're really concerned about more than anything else. And then, and once they have decided what it is that they need to do, what it is that they want to focus on, what they want the focus of their life and their businesses to be, then and only then do they jump to the right-hand side of the equation and get involved in doing the right things more efficiently. Then they become concerned about how do I do it the best, most productive way possible. And that is so powerful. If you just take that one thing away from the show today, that is so powerful in the way we live our lives. Not too long ago, I had the uh, the opportunity to speak to a group of people, and I was talking about the subject of time management. And in the dialogue I was having with the people in the meeting, I shared with them that I am a personal and business coach. And one of the fellows who was sitting a couple of go- rows back looked up at me and he said, yeah, you coaches are no good. And then he realized that he kind of blurted that out in front of the audience. And he said, oh, gee, I'm, I'm really sorry. We shouldn't be talking about this. And I said, no, please, let's let's talk about it. You know, you obviously don't like coaches. Why? What problem do you have with coaches? What do you not like about coaches? And he then opened up and explained to the group that about 10 years ago, he had had the opportunity to work with an executive coach. And he said, I worked with him for several months. I spent a lot of money with him. And the output of it was another to-do list from hell. He said, that's all I got from the guy. And it wasn't anything that I was able to do. So he said, as a coach, what do you have to say about that? And I said, shame on your coach. I said, when I work with somebody as a, as a personal or a business coach, my goal in working with that individual is not to give them more stuff to do. What I want to be able to do is get them focused on doing the right things. And if I can help them effectively get into that effective side of the model and decide what it is that they want to do and then help them to do that more efficiently, as a result, most of the time, probably in better than 90% of the cases, they actually come out of their interaction with me with less to do but more important stuff to do than they had originally. So that's the power of the effective, efficient model. 
Give us a call if you have any questions, 860-432-9735. Text at 860-856-7193. Email your questions to questions at optex.com. We are going to uh, take a break here for just a couple of minutes, and uh, we will be back. And by the way, uh, if you want to take a deep dive into what we're talking about today, go to optex.com and look for the book, The Shepherd and the Princess, Contains a lot of detailed stuff that you can really get into. We'll be right back. Have you ever dreamed of achieving true greatness in your life? What does achieving greatness mean to you? No matter how you define it, greatness is always achieved intentionally, never accidentally. Hello, I'm business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author Gary Smith. One of the key attributes of achieving true personal greatness is the constant pursuit of knowledge. I wrote the book, Achieving Unusual Greatness, Timeless Lessons from the Trail Already Blazed, to help give you the personal and business development tools you need to help put your life and your business on the road to success. It's chock full of ideas that you can put to work to produce immediate results in all areas of your life. Don't settle for being average. Go to Optex.com and get your copy of Achieving Unusual Greatness today. Temps climb into the mid-80s this afternoon across the Connecticut Valley as the humidity stays down. Mostly clear and mild tonight, low 60s. Sunshine just slightly more humid tomorrow, mid-80s. Partly sunny Monday, the next system approaching the west might help fire up a late-day shower or a thunderstorm mid to upper 70s. Randy Berkson with the WSDK Weather Update. Summertime in New England means heading to the beach, relaxing by the pool, barbecues, and family vacations. But no need to take a vacation from life-changing radio. Take us with you on any road trip this summer. The amusement park, outdoor concert, or wherever you go. We're live online 24-7 at WSDK1550.com. Get our audio stream free directly to your iPad, laptop, or smartphone so you'll never have to miss any of your favorite programs. It's easy. Just visit our homepage at WSDK1550.com, then click the Listen Live button on the right-hand side. Listen all summer long to life-changing radio, 1550 a.m. in your car and on the web, WSDK1550.com. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 WSDK AM uh, in Hartford, Bloomfield. Uh, call us, 860-432-9735. Text, 860-856-7193. And email questions at optex.com. So we started our show today talking about the difference between effectiveness and efficiency and the fact that we need to be focused on effective first. So we have to know what it is that we want to do. Well, how do we go about doing that? Let's talk about some of the foundational things that we uh, that we need to get into to really determine what it is that we want to do. The first thing in my mind is that we need to have what I call a mission or a mission statement. And really what that is all about is just looking at it and saying, what is my purpose in life? Why am I here on this planet? And what is it that I hope to accomplish while I'm here? And when it comes to creating a mission statement, uh, there's a couple of different approaches that, that we can take to kind of ferret some of that stuff out. Um, a number of years ago, back, I think it was in 2006, I had the pleasure of being over in Kazakhstan, and I was teaching a strategic planning class uh, to a group of students at the Kazakh American Free University. 
And one of the first things that I did as part of strategic planning was to have them develop a personal mission statement. And they thought that was kind of weird initially until I explained to them, if you cannot develop a mission statement for a company of one being you, how are you going to ever develop an effective mission statement for a business organization that may do hundreds of millions of dollars in business and employ thousands of people? So when I explained it that way, they got it and they really went to work on it. One of the tools that I used to help them focus in on that was was this. I asked them to project themselves mentally to the end of their lives. Just close their eyes and imagine themselves, instead of being 18, 19, 20 years old, imagine themselves being 95 years old, that they're on their deathbed. The doctor has come and visited them and has just left their side and has told them that they have less than 24 hours to live. At that point, from that perspective, looking back over their lives, what are the most important things to them? And I asked them to really think about that and make some notes about that, about the top things that they would have wanted to accomplish, not just from a business perspective, not just from a uh, a material perspective as far as the homes that they've owned and the vacations that they've taken, but what kind of families do they want? What do they want their children to have accomplished? What kind of legacy do they want to leave to their children? Uh, Spiritually, what's going to be important to them? Those sorts of things. And I said, you know what? If you will do that and really take some time and think through that process of what you really want your life to stand for in terms of what you would have liked to accomplish in all of the areas of of your life, then you can begin to pick up the threads of who you really are And you can begin to weave them into that tapestry that will create the fabric of the life that you'll eventually design for yourself. Another way to approach determining your purpose in life is to actually sit down and write your autobiography from this point forward. What is it that you want your life to be? And what I recommend is that you take whatever time you need. Sometimes people can do it in a few days. Uh, I actually did that a number of years ago when I sat down over a, over a long weekend. It took three or four days and did it. Um, but take as much time as you need and, and write the story of your life in terms of you know, spiritual, marriage, family, business, community service, financial, uh, you know, giving, back to, giving back to others, those sorts of things. And then after you've written it, put it in a notebook and just throw it on a shelf somewhere and let it sit for a month. And at the end of that month, go back and take out that notebook and read through your life story with a highlighter in your hand and highlight the words that jump out at you, the concepts, the things that that are really important to you, that really jump off the page at you and, and really resonate with you. Capture those things and use those to create your life going forward. And developing a mission or a purpose in life doesn't have to be something that's complicated. In fact, I think the the more we can work on things and the simpler we can make them, the better off we are. Uh, My mission statement is very, very simple. It's one sentence. I want to live a life that's centered on Jesus Christ, and I want to make a positive difference in the lives of others such that they're drawn to him. That's it. If I can do that, if I can get to the end of my life and say, I've been able to accomplish that, I'll be happy. Once we have a mission statement in place, the next thing we need to look at is what I call core values. Core values are things that that kind of underlie and undergird the mission statement that really, uh, the the mission statement, if you can kind of view that as being the skeleton, uh, your core values are are some of the meat, some of the muscle 
that hangs on that skeleton. So what we're looking for initially is just key words of things that are important to us. So one might be spiritual, one might be marriage, one might be family. Uh, We can talk about things like uh, success in business, financial success, uh, teaching, learning, a lifelong learning might be uh, might be a great core value. Uh, community service uh, for some of us, being a patriot uh, and supporting our country uh, is is important. So create a list of those words and and try not to make it too long. You know, I recommend maybe eight, ten, twelve words uh, on average. And once you have those things written down, then take some time and go back and order them in in priority rank with you know number 1 being the most important of those core values and number 10 or 11 or 12 or however many you come up with being the least important and then once you have those core values in place i recommend taking a look at each one of those and saying okay what does that really mean to me so as an example if i have uh, spiritual as my one of my core values for me it happens to be my number 1 if I have spiritual as a core value, what does that mean to me? Well, it means to me that I really want to focus on living a life that's centered on Jesus. I want to make sure that I am I'm following biblical principles and that I try to live everything in my life. I try to, to have that as the point of reference for everything that I do in my life. So a couple of sentences like that that just kind of clarify so that anybody coming along who was ever, ever able to pick up a piece of paper that you had written about your clarifying values would not only see the heading of the value, but by reading a couple of quick sentences, they would be able to understand what that means to you. Once you have your purpose in life and the undergirding core values in your clarifying statements, then we're ready to start looking at our lives from the standpoint of, okay, If I want to achieve my mission, if I want to achieve my purpose in life, and if I want to really fulfill the core values that I've put together, what are some of the goals that I want to be able to achieve? And you can begin looking out, you know, uh, what I recommend is kind of pulling back and kind of taking a a 60 or an 80,000 foot view of your life and kind of saying, okay, globally, what what are the big goals that I want to be able to accomplish? And once you've done that, start looking at shorter-term goals, maybe medium-range goals. So let's say uh, when you take a a very, very wide-angle view of your life, you might be looking at goals that are maybe 10, 12, 15, 20 years into the future. And then you look at medium-range goals that might be 7 to 10 years in the future. And then you look at shorter-range goals that could be anywhere from 6 months to maybe 2 or 3 years into the future. And the key when you're looking at goals is to use what I call the SMART process. Uh, SMART is an acronym, and basically what it, what it does is this. Number one, the S in SMART says specific. Be as specific as you possibly can with the goals that you set. Now, sometimes longer-term goals are going to be a little bit fuzzy, but the, but the closer in that we get, the more specific they need to become. So as an example... One goal that you might have would be, let's say that we're here in the month of June and you're currently making $50,000 a year and you'd really, uh, in order to be able to do some of the things that you'd like to do, you'd like to be able to make $75,000 a year. So you could have a goal that says, I want to make $75,000 a year, or maybe even more general than that, you could come up with a goal that says, I want to make more money. Well, saying I want to make more money isn't specific. Saying I want to make $75,000 is more specific. 
okay? Second thing is once you have a specific goal written down, then we need to look at the M in the SMART process, and the M says it has to be measurable. So we have to be able to somehow uh, measure our progress. That's the first part. We have to measure our progress of getting from making $50,000 a year to making $75,000 a year. But we, but the other key to measure is that when we have something that's measurable, we know when that goal has been achieved from a monetary perspective. The day that you get a paycheck and you take your gross pay and multiply it out and you're making $75,000 a year, that goal has been achieved. The A in the SMART, uh, uh, the SMART analogy stands for achievable. It has to be something that's achievable, and, and that's really, really important because it's one thing to be sitting here saying, I want to make – I'm making 50000 a year, and I want to be making 75000 a year. But if you're sitting here and saying, I want to make 50000 a year, or I'm making 50000 a year, and I want to make $50 million a year, you know, you have to look at things and ask yourself, all right, is that attainable? And it may be uh, provided – that we that we get the right time frame, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But it needs to be something that's attainable. Uh, the R stands for realistic, and realistic is a little bit different than attainable. Attainable says it's possible for it to be achieved. Realistic says how does this goal fit into when I look at what my purpose in life is and I look at my core values. If I put this goal in place, is it realistic from the standpoint of does it fit into the structure of what I said I want my life to be about? So as an example, if you say uh, I am a Christian and I want to live by godly principles, I want to be able to make more money. Therefore, in order for me to make more money, I'm going to go out on the street and be a drug dealer. Does that fall back in? Does it support? Is it congruent with the mission and core values that you have? Probably not. And so that would be a goal that would not qualify. It would be something that you would not want to work on because it's not realistic for the context that you have created for yourself. And the final final part of the SMART process is T, which stands for it has to be time-based. So when we're looking at our original goal of saying, I'm making $50,000 a year, I want to make $75,000 a year, the question we need to ask ourselves is, by when? Because until we assign a deadline to it, then it really doesn't become real because we could say we achieved the goal, but it might take us 10 years to get from 50000 to 75000 when we What we really needed was to have that $75,000 in six months. So what you might have as a goal then is to say, I am currently in the month of June making $50,000 a year. I want to be making $75,000 a year by December 31st, 2014. That is a good, specific, tight goal. It's measurable. You know, you have to make the judgment about whether it's achievable or not. If you're taking the right approach to it, it's realistic. It may fit into the context of what you want your life to be all about, and it's time-based. Once we have our goals in place, then it becomes a matter of looking at things, and maybe you have a goal that's six months to a year down the road from now, and we need to begin breaking that goal down into its component parts. And what that really requires us to do is to is to keep breaking things down and keep asking yourself, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? Until you get down to a point where you have a task on your on a piece of paper that says, here's what I have to do today 
in order to be able to reach a goal that may be six months to a year in the future. And once you've gotten to that point, then you have something that you can work with. You have something that's actionable that you can assign a deadline to and you can take action on that and it's going to move you baby step at a time, step after step after step toward the attainment of that goal. So you have a thing that says, here's what I need to do today. Then you need to know, what do I need to do tomorrow? What do I need to do the day after that? And if you follow that kind of a process, in six months you'll be at the goal that you set for yourself. As I said before, details of this process are available in my book, The Shepherd and the Princess. You can go to optex.com and uh, and check that out. Uh, But that is the process that we need to follow through. So again, you need a mission that says, what is my purpose in life? And then we need to look at it and say, what are the underlying core values? What are the things that are really important to me in life that undergird that purpose? And then we get clarifying statements that define to us in the world about what's going on. We set long-term, medium-range, and short-range goals, and then we boil those goals down into tasks so that we know what we have to do today in order to get where we want to be tomorrow. And that's a really, really powerful process. And once you do that, then you review it regularly, you keep it up to date, you let it be a dynamic process in your life. And you know, because things are going to come onto your plate, you're going to have opportunities that are presented to you uh, that you may not have had six months ago, and you may want to take advantage of those. So there's nothing wrong with having a dynamic process so that some of the things that you've decided you want to do, you may not want to do. Other things that come along may be better, and you may want to plug those in. That's perfectly okay as long as you keep it alive and you understand the impact of the things that you're doing. So that gets us to a point now of knowing looking at the effective side of the equation of that piece of paper and knowing what it is that we want to do and what it is that we need to focus on. We're going to take a break again, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about taking those goals and tasks and integrating it with the rest of your life. We'll be right back. When you're driving, there are speed limits. You can look at the signs and know how fast you should go. Sometimes there are police cruisers and traffic tickets to warn you when you're going too fast. But in our daily lives, we don't see any speed limits, and we tend to go as fast as we possibly can as if there are no speed limits. But the signs are there. Stress, burnout, anger, feeling overwhelmed. Life-Changing Radio can help with the stress of life after we're pushed to the limit. Our Christ-centered programs will point you to the one who is our ultimate source of strength, peace, and rest. It's your regular financial support of the ministries and advertisers you hear that allows us to be here as a rest stop for those pushing the speed limits of life. Please support the programs that are most meaningful to you with prayers and financial gifts. Listen for contact information at the end of your favorite programs or click on programs when you visit our website, WSDK1550.com or call us at 860-432-WSDK. Are you happy with where you are in life? Do you have a dream of becoming and achieving so much more? Hi, my name is Gary Smith. I'm a business consultant, life coach, professional speaker, and author of a book called The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life. If you're serious about taking your life to the next level, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, then you need to read this book. Wrapped around the story of David and Goliath, The Shepherd and the Princess presents a powerful set of logical strategies designed to help you create the life you deserve. As you turn the pages, 
Services, you'll receive step-by-step instructions that will help you define and clarify your purpose in life. You'll then be driven to create and implement plans for achieving your most precious dreams. Visit Optex.com and get your copy of The Shepherd and the Princess, Seven Keys to Conquering the Goliaths in Your Life, today. Bright skies continue through the afternoon across the Connecticut Valley as temps climb to the mid-80s. A mostly clear, mild night tonight, low 60s. Sunshine, mid-80s again for tomorrow. The next system approaching Monday may bring some cloudiness around by afternoon, possibly a shower late day or a thunderstorm mid to upper 70s. Randy Bergson with the WSDK Weather Update. All right. Welcome back to the Gary Smith Show here on 1550 AM WSDK, Bloomfield, Hartford. Great to have you along for the ride today as we continue our discussion about organization and productivity. It's interesting because we're two-thirds of the way through the show and we haven't talked about really organization or real productivity at this point, have we? Because we've been getting ourselves to a point of being able to do that. And that is that we've been dealing with the effective side of that piece of paper that I talked to you about earlier. We've been really getting ourselves to a point through, number one, understanding that effectiveness comes before efficiency, but then we've been walking through the process of having a mission statement, having core values, having clarifying statements for those core values, setting goals, and then boiling those goals down into tasks that we can work on. The interesting thing is is that uh, at the beginning of the show, I was telling you a story about a fellow where I had been speaking who had worked with a coach and he had found the results being disappointing because according to him, he had wound up with just another overwhelming to-do list on top of the fact that he already had a to-do list in the first place. So it was just piling uh, piles on top of piles and just burying him with things when he had a to-do list originally that he was trying to deal with and that he couldn't get done. So if we were to go down through and say, okay, you're at the task point, and as your coach, go ahead, go and do things. If we stop there, then we wind up just like the guy who got the second overwhelming to-do list from his coach. Nothing happens. You're not going to be able to achieve anything because you haven't yet taken the stuff that you're doing and integrated that with your life and all of the other stuff that you have going on. So that's where we're going to go from here. We have to take everything in our lives, and we have to deal with it in light of our mission, our core values, and our goals. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about are two two important words, and those two words are control and perspective. A lot of people, when they get to a point of, of creating their goals and stuff like that, and then looking at Um, the tasks that they have to accomplish, and then trying to look at the tasks that they already have committed to to doing in their lives, the first thing that they want to do is get organized. And organization is a good thing, but I think that for the purposes of our discussion today, getting organized is a little too simple. I think gaining control implies that we need to get our arms around things so that we're confident that there aren't any loose edges. That's really, really important. We have to be able to have a process through, uh, through which we can get our arms around things so that there aren't any things hanging out there. Because having loose edges means that there's still stuff floating around in our minds that hasn't been dealt with, and that's not a good thing. Because what happens is, is when we're not in control, the, the goal of being in control, it's interesting, I was, uh, I was talking to a fellow the other day 
And some of you may relate to this because I'm sure we have a mix of people in our audience. I tend to, I'm an engineer, so I tend to be a very logical thinker when it comes to the things that I do. So for me, uh, having a project, setting goals, breaking them down into the component parts, assigning deadlines to them, and then taking action and tracking, it's, it's very, very comfortable to me because it's part of what I do or what I have done in the past for a living. So being organized in that fashion is something that comes rather naturally uh, to me. Um, on the other hand, uh, there are a lot of people out there who tend to be very creative. They're very, very free thinkers. And they look at things from the standpoint of, well, I, I can't have any kind of an organization system. Yeah, I want to be in control, but control robs me of my creativity. And I was talking to a fellow about that not long ago, and I said, you know, uh, he, he expressed those exact feelings to me that, you know, he really wants to get organized, but he feels that the organization is going to kill his, his creativity. And I said, you know what, there is a, there is a paradox of creativity, and that is that structure yields freedom. And that until you learn how to focus, you're never going to flourish. So the paradox of creativity is that structure produces freedom. And he said, I don't, I don't understand that. How does structure produce freedom? And I said, what if I were able to have a, a magic spigot, like a, a, a faucet, and I had the ability to stick that thing in your ear and when I turned it, I could drain all of the extraneous stuff out of your mind. I could literally empty your mind, do a brain dump from your mind. But in doing that, I could put it into a system where it would be captured, it would be organized, it would be controlled, and everything that you had floating around in your mind would somehow magically rise to the surface at the exact point in time that you needed to deal with it. How would you feel about that? He said, wow, I'd feel great. And I said, but in addition to that, if I emptied all of, the, all of that stuff out of your gray matter, how much more freedom would you have to be able to think and to really get creative? Could you expand your creative abilities as a result of that? And he said, well, yeah, that's the goal of this whole process. So what we want to do is that the, the concept of having that spigot plugged into your ear and draining all of the stuff out into a system where we can control it is the whole aspect of getting control and, and completely draining things. Um, so having the loose edges means that there's none of that stuff floating around. So we've got to get our arms around things. But then we also have to deal with the word perspective. And perspective means that you look at things from the viewpoint of what you need to be focused on. So let's take a look at that stuff now because the, the keys to the kingdom here uh, of getting control uh, are really, are really, really important, you know, and getting control can start anywhere you want. It doesn't necessarily need to begin as being a global thing in your life. What we need to do, I mean, you know, we could take a look at getting control as being a project. It might be getting control of your desk. It might be your company. It might be, uh, taking over and getting control of a relationship, but there are several steps that we need to take in the whole getting control of things. Let's take the example of your desk because that's a real simple one that I think everybody can understand. I mean, how many of you have piles of paper on your desk and you have Post-it notes on your phone and on the light that's on your desk and you have stuff in your drawers that you put away because the stuff on your desk got too big and you're not even sure what's there? The first thing we want to do in getting control is we want to collect or capture the things that are on your desk that are pulling you. 
So we want to pull all of that stuff together. Now, some of that is going to be physical paper that's on your desk, you know, documents, books, uh, post-it notes, things like that. Some of it may be stuff that's in your head where you actually need to get a pad of paper and a pencil and you need to sit down and start making a list of the stuff that you're thinking about that you need to do, tasks and phone calls and emails and appointments that you need to schedule and people you need to talk to and all of that sort of stuff. So the first step is to is to collect all of that stuff. Once you've collected it, then we want to take it, take it a piece at a time and look at it and clarify by looking at that piece of paper and say saying things like, what does this mean to me? How important is this to me? And how does it fit into the mix of my life and what I'm trying to accomplish? So you need to go through and you need to look at each piece of paper and ask yourself so that you get a sense of priority. Uh, you know, we were talking about before the whole concept of, of the, the food bowl from the, from the all-you-can-eat buffet. But rather than looking at it as food, it's all of the stuff that we have in our lives. It's taking all of that stuff and looking at it and sorting it out one piece at a time and figuring out what needs to be done with it. Then, then we need to, so we've collected everything, we've gone through everything on your desk, and we've kind of clarified what its meaning to is to us, how important is it, where does it fit in. Then we need to get organized about it. So we look at things and we say, here's what's pulling on my mind. It's something I need to take action on. And let's say that the action is that I need to call John Doe. That's a piece of paper. Maybe it's a post-it note that you have, and you look at it, and you say, okay, yes, I need to take action on this. The next action or the next step in this process is I need to call John. So if that's the case, then there's one of two things that you have to do. You've got this piece of paper that says, I need to call John. One of two things you're going to do with it. You're either going to pause for a minute, and you're going to call John. Well, maybe it's late at night, you're at your office, and John's already gone home, so you can't call him. So if you can't call John, then you need some place to park it where you'll see it at the appropriate time. So as an example, you might create a file for phone calls you need to make, and you put that Post-it note in that file and then have that file available the next time you're at a phone and you have some time to make calls. So those are the sorts of things we want to be able to do. We want to take action on the things that we can but the things that we can't, we, we want to organize. And that organization is going to go in a couple of different directions. One would be something like a, a file that you create for phone calls. And it's just, you know, when you, when you know that you have to make a phone call to somebody, put a note in there that you need to make a phone call. And that way you have all of your phone call stuff. Maybe it's uh, agendas for meetings. That might make another great file. So you have things like that. Other things are going to be created and put into discrete projects. So let's say that you have uh, a project that you're working on at work. All of the details for that can go into a project file, and that project file will contain meeting notes, meeting agendas, the actual project timeline itself, any update reports. So you have all of the stuff related to that particular project in an identified place so that when it comes time for you to work on that project, you have the ability to, to get your hands on it. So now we get organized about it. So, so far we've collected stuff. We've clarified its meaning. We're starting to get organized about it. Then we need to move to a process that I call review and reflect. 
So what you have to do is you have to review this stuff on a regular basis. Some of the things like a phone call folder, you may want to review daily and pull things out that you, uh, that you know, gee, I really, I said I needed to call John. I need to call John today. So I'm going to pull that thing out of that folder and I'm going to call John right now. And then when it's done, it either gets checked off the list that I made or if it's on a post-it note, I can wad it up and throw it away. And boy, doesn't that feel good when I when I can do that sort of stuff. But you want to review and you want to reflect on things on a regular basis. Now, I, I do a three-step process. I do a monthly, a weekly, and a daily review. So what I'm doing is on a monthly basis, I'm reviewing the prior month and looking forward to what's happening the next month and kind of roughly scheduling things out for the next four weeks. Then what I do is I kick back and on a weekly basis, usually on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, I review what I did the last week and then I schedule forward for the next week as far as what do I have to do next week. And then I do the same thing from day to day. At the end of the day, I will sit down. At the end of the day today, I'll sit down and say, what did I say I was going to get done today? What did I actually do? What am I going to do tomorrow? For most people, review and reflect on at least a weekly basis is something that that is really important. And then as part of the review uh, and reflect process, you need to be looking at things and looking at your calendar and saying, okay, here's the stuff that I have to do. How am I going to allocate my resources between now and the next time that I do a review? So if you have a project that's going to take uh, five hours of your time, as an example, you don't want to be booking that project on a day when you have eight hours worth of meetings. So you want to be able to allocate your resources appropriately. Now, and I've talked about you know my monthly, weekly, daily process. I spend probably 10 to 15 hours a month between my monthly planning, my weekly planning, and my daily planning. But I'll tell you what, it, uh, it works out so that I can handle it easily and it pays off huge dividends. So how does the system work? Well, basically, in the last few minutes we have, we're going to talk about how do, we, how do we make this system work. Basically, what you do is you're gathering things. And imagine taking all the stuff that you have in your life and pushing it through a funnel so that it comes out one piece at a time. And as we look at that one piece of information, the major question that we want to ask ourselves is, is it actionable? Is there something I need to do on this? And if the answer is no, it goes in one of three directions. It either goes into the trash because it's no, I don't need to take action on it. I'm never going to need to take action on it. It goes into a someday maybe, you know, an incubation type of file. Yeah, I need to do something, but not now, not for the foreseeable future. Or maybe it's a piece of reference material and you create a reference file and put it in there. If the action that you, if you do need to take action on it, then it goes in other directions. If you say, yes, I need to take action on it, then I can look at it and say, all right, is it something I can complete in less than two minutes? Maybe it's a quick email or a phone call. If it's something you can complete in a couple of minutes, do it and be done with it because it's off the plate. It makes you feel good. Is it something I can delegate to someone else? If so, let that person know about it and put it in a a follow-up file to follow up to make sure that that task gets done. Or maybe it needs to go into a project file, which is a grouping of tasks. So if you have more than one task that you need to do, then it becomes a project and you put it into a project file. So if you do that, you have everything organized. You have the ability to go back and review and reflect on a regular basis. And then you keep pushing that stuff up. And every time you review and reflect, you want to be looking at it from the standpoint of how does this fit into the overall picture of my life? 
Does it support my goals? Does it support um, the, core, the core values that I have? And when you do that, not only are you organized and not only do you have the ability to achieve the things in life that you want, but you create an enormous amount of congruence in your life. There's harmony between who you say you want to be and what you're doing. And that is what creates the, the power, the juice in your, in your life. So what we've done, we're going to recap real quickly here, is that we've talked about the difference between effectiveness and efficiency, that we need to be effective first. We've talked about focusing on the right stuff through our mission statement, our core values, our goals and tasks. And we've talked about integrating goals and tasks with the rest of your life by having control and perspective and then collecting, clarifying, organizing, reviewing and reflecting, and allocating your resources. And we've talked briefly about the funnel system to help you process all of that information and get it into the right place, whether it's in the trash or whether it's taking action now or whether it goes into uh, to a project. So if you're interested in more, I mean, this is a really, really quick overview of the whole process. I mean, I do a day-long seminar on this. So if you're interested in coaching on this or getting more information, give me a call, 203 203- Five nine nine one four six seven. Send me an email to Gary at optex.com. I'll get back with you and we can work together. I got tons of information and resources that I can share with you uh, on this on this particular subject. Uh, actually, next week I'm going to be off because it's Father's Day and we'll be uh, be playing a previous broadcast. But when we come back on uh, on June twenty first. We're going to be doing some uh, interesting stuff. We're going to be talking with uh, Lorianne Morabito uh, about uh, creating a, a culture of excellence within uh, within your uh, within your organization. And Lorianne is amazing. She is uh, fiercely committed to helping her clients embrace a leadership style that really works. Uh, she works with a lot of healthcare organizations and other groups who want to improve uh, patient client satisfaction and develop better leaders and managers. Uh, she's an amazing woman. Uh, she, uh, she deals with topics of culture of engagement, culture of leadership. We're going to be talking with her about, uh, about creating a culture of excellence. So you will not, definitely not want to, uh, to miss that show. Thank you very much for joining us today. It has been a real pleasure having you here. Again, feel free to reach out to me after the, uh, you know, after the show, uh, 203-599-1467, uh, or email me at garyatoptex.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get your comments on the show and also love to uh, be able to answer your questions. Until we meet again, have a great day today and a blessed week. God bless you. Live your life with passion. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please mark your calendars and be sure to join us next Saturday at 11 a.m. for another edition of The Gary Smith Show. And remember, there are a number of resources available to assist you at Gary's website, optex.com. Until next week, may God richly bless you.